1: Then our number 877-381-3811 877-381-3811 381 over at hot air somebody named Allah Pundit Liz Cheney hints we're building a case that Trump committed a federal crime on January 6 ladies and gentlemen The United States House of Representatives, no part of the United States House of Representatives, no committee of the United States House of Representatives, has any constitutional authority whatsoever to build a criminal case against anybody. Due process laws that apply during the course of a criminal investigation do not apply when it comes to the House of Representatives and they have said as much by moving to indict asking the Department of Justice to indict individuals who dare to assert their Fifth Amendment rights under the Constitution we call it the Fifth Amendment for a reason part of your Bill of Rights to protect yourself and so what we have here with this Nancy Pelosi appointed committee we now have Liz Cheney showing some ankle and it's a big damn ankle and she's showing ankle and she's saying their real purpose here isn't a legislative purpose, their real purpose here is to defy the protections that Constitution provides every individual to conduct themselves as a quasi or pseudo criminal operation and to gather information willy-nilly as much as they can to make a criminal case against the former president of the United States and individuals around him. So the, the jig is up. It's up because Liz Cheney burped it up. So this is how a la at hot air which is quite sympathetic to them, regurgitates it. He says, everyone's understandably focused today on how Cheney embarrassed Trump Jr. and the Fox News gang by reading their text to Trump on January 6th. Ed, I guess that's Marcy, has a nice write-up about it here. This is the uh, circle jerk. But don't miss the forest for the trees. The point Cheney was making isn't that Fox News hosts are hypocrites, although they are. The point is that the president's own family and allies were pleading with him while the riot was unfolding to do something, yet he did nothing for hours. Everyone around him treated it like an emergency, not him. All right. Let's stop right there. Liz Cheney just demonstrated that there was no conspiracy. That the circle around President Trump, including family members and friends, we're not part of a pre-planned strategy or event towards an ex- insurrection. If they're urging the president to do something, to say something. Now, here's the issue. Well, before I jump ship here, he says pundit, was that a crime? Watch the end of this clip starting at 3. Trump may or may not have expected that the rally he held on the morning of January 6th would lead to a riot. Now you see, all the information they have so far shows that Trump was not involved in an insurrection. The committee's digging into that. What Cheney's suggesting here, though, is something more akin to being an accessory after the fact. Even if Trump didn't intend to incite a riot... Did he sit on his hands in the Oval Office while it played out in the expectation that the violence might prevent Congress from ratifying Biden's victory? All right, let's, let's stop there. The hallucinations that apparently are taking place with this guy a la Pundit. Sounds racist, doesn't it? And uh, hot air. If this guy and this site were co- so concerned about protecting the Capitol building. Why is he focused on the President of the United States? Why is he focused on the President of the United States at the time, Donald Trump? What's missing here from his ramblings? What's missing here, ladies and gentlemen? Donald Trump had offered ten to 20,000 National Guardsmen to help protect the Capitol building. Without prodding by anybody. Kash Patel, who was the chief of staff to the secretary of defense, said so. And when I interviewed him, oh, a Fox host, Life, Liberty and Levin, he said when they contacted Nancy Pelosi and asked her what she needed, she said, we need to open the cafeteria. The members need food. The question is what did Nancy Pelosi know? We know that the FBI, we know that the NYPD had some heads up. We know the Norfolk office of the FBI alerted Maine Justice and learned, alerted the uh, office of Chris Ray, the FBI director. How do we know that? Because it's already been uh, discussed. And Chris Ray said he didn't get around to reading the memo. And what did Nancy Pelosi know, and what did Nancy Pelosi do? We don't know. She did damn little, that much we know. Why? Because this committee's being used to cover up her trails. Because this committee was appointed by her. Because this committee is leaking to the press. What did Nancy Pelosi know, and when did she know? Why don't they issue subpoenas against Nancy Pelosi? Why? These are good little boot-stepping soldiers for Nancy Pelosi. Including that head case, Kingsinger, and the other head case, Cheney. Trump sat on his hands. But he had offered her National Guardsmen. The question is what did Cheney do? Excuse me, the question is what did Pelosi do? Who was in charge of security? Jose Baglieri notes, whoever the hell that is, that Cheney's words there are clearly chosen carefully. 18 United States Code, Section 1505, obstruction of proceedings before departments, agencies, and committees. What does it say? Whoever corruptly or by threats or force or by any threatening letter or communication influences, obstructs, or impedes, or endeavors to influence, obstruct, or impede the due and proper administration of the law under which any pending proceeding is being had before any department or agency of the United States... Is a crime. Well that's so stupid, but I have to comment on it. So in other words, if the president waits an hour, four hours, three hours, whatever, to say something? That's aiding and abetting? That's criminal? Do they even know how the criminal law works? That's aiding and abetting and influencing? Where were the National Guardsmen? One of the strategists listed in the PowerPoint on how to overturn the election that was found in Mark Meadows' emails involved creating a delay in the certification process so that legal paper ballots at the state level could be vetted and counted. So, is that a crime too? Trump might have been sitting in his office watching the riot on television mulling those possibilities. So, he'd offered the National Guard. What the hell else is he supposed to do? If the mob prevented Congress from acting, and if violence spread, if and if, and what if this, and how about that? He could have used that as an excuse to declare, to declare what? But he didn't. He didn't do any of that. That's why the committee is so focused on Meadows Tech. So this guy must be getting leaks and others communications from the White House that day. They're looking for evidence that Trump supported the riot after it began in hopes of disrupting the certification of Biden's win. And as I say, they're also looking for evidence that he had an inkling beforehand of what might happen. He offered the National Guard clown. How come that's not in your piece? His tweets from the evening of January five, as supporters gather for the next day's rally mentioned the size of the expected crowd and how they won't take it anymore and won't stand for a landslide election victory to be stolen. Uh, you need a lot more than that to incite an insurrection, genius. Or you'd be putting a crime tape around the, uh, the DNC. You'd be putting a crime tape around every news organization in America with their speculations. And you know what's amazing here? They have nothing on Trump. Well, we're looking. Oh, so look all you want. You have nothing on Trump. You have everything on Hillary Clinton. You have everything on the FBI. You have everything on Obama Biden administration. You have everything on them what they did during and after the 2016 election. You have two people indicted and many more should be indicted. You got fingerprints and DNA all over the place. But here, what if? What if? What if? His infamous tweets from the afternoon of January 6th while the insurrection was happening, now you can tell this guy's a clown because he uses the same word, while the insurrection was happening suggest indifference at best and encouragement at worst. Indifference at best, encouragement at worst. Now let me ask you about this encouragement thing. Let's say he says to an aide, I'll speculate. I think this is encouraging. So what? So what? Did he communicate that to the crowd? Did he tell the crowd to charge the Capitol building at every opportunity? He was talking to the crowd. No, he did the opposite. He told them to be peaceful. So why are we looking at texts and emails and everything? Why is a Nancy Pelosi 9-0 to committee, where she picks all the members in violation of House longstanding rules, why are they conducting what Liz Cheney now confesses is a criminal investigation, trying to put together a federal crime against Donald Trump? Why is it that the losers, the never-Trumpers, from the Jonah Goldbergs, to the all pundits, and the rest of them, all of a sudden these constitutionalists, no problem here, no problem here, Why is it that that's okay? And I want the Supreme Court justices, some of whom may be listening or their wives may be listening, to understand something. This is a completely rogue operation, and Liz Cheney just explained why. Because they're looking to create a criminal case against Donald Trump. Without the usual constitutional protections in violation of separation of powers, as well as the Bill of Rights. That's why they're busy demanding the indictment of people around Donald Trump. Rather than going through the usual processes for adjudication of significant constitutional issues relevant to executive privilege and separation of powers and so forth. They can wait, but they don't want to wait. And you know what else worries them? They'll lose the house, you see. In 2022 and all their good works will amount to nothing better to be pushing Merrick Garland who's utterly corrupt to be indicting these people and again today Pesaki said that Joe Biden has every intention of running for re-election in 2024 it's in Joe Biden's interest not to assert executive privilege it's in Joe Biden's interest Even if it's not in the nation's interest when it comes to protecting the power of the executive branch. So it's all very clever. I've exposed it here over and over again and unraveled it. And Lynn Cheney is the worst of the worst. I remember when we were talking about crimes against her father. For lying under oath. For lying about weapons of mass destruction. For lying what he knew about uh, CIA operative, what's her name, and so forth. On and on and on. How did the Cheney family feel then? How do they feel? Ben Shapiro tweeted, Just to get this straight, apparently even Fox News host, plus Don Jr., was texting Marks Meadows to tell Trump to talk down the rioters, and this somehow demonstrates a coordinated conspiracy to overthrow the government springing in Fox News and its ilk. Here's Goldberg. Haven't seen that argument, though I'm sure someone's saying it. In other words, he's a real sarcastic put-down artist, and there's no reason to be. For me, the relevance of the text is that it shows all of those people have been shamefully shilling for Trump from January 7 onward by downplaying and dismissing what they knew on one 6 as awful. Every one of those hosts condemned what took place on January 6th. Every damn one of them. Why don't you point that out, Jonah? What's the problem? Maybe that's why you're not at Fox anymore. Maybe you should go to CNN. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. We
2: will play
1: Liz Cheney in her own words after the bottom of the hour. I don't have enough time now because our friends at Hot Air, a la pundit, so courageous, he hides behind a false name. For all I know, his name is Franklin Pierce. I don't know. A la pundit. Absolutely irrational, but that's okay. Liz Cheney last night at the January 6th panel. She explained what they're up to. Liz Cheney cannot explain why President Trump offered the National Guard as a precaution and why Nancy Pelosi didn't respond. Liz Cheney has no interest in getting the texts and the emails and the phone records of Nancy Pelosi to see what, if anything, she did to protect the Capitol building, which is her responsibility, not Trump's and what information she may have had from law enforcement.
0: This is Liberty's 911 Hotline. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811.
1: Stick with me, folks. Stick with me. Back to Lizzie. Lizzie Cheney. She's not fighting with her sister anymore. No. No. She's trying to destroy Trump and the people around him. And they're trying to use criminal processes to do it with the help of the corrupt Attorney General of the United States, who goes after parents at school board meetings. But Liz Cheney's given up the, uh, given up the monkey. Isn't that what they say? Given up the, uh, whatever it is, she gave it up. At the January 6th panel last night, Cut 21, go. But hours passed without necessary action by the president. These non-privileged texts like what? are... Fr- like what? Send in the military? Use the Insurrection Act? But he was told by his generals, ex-generals, you better not use the Insurrection Act against citizens who are burning down our cities, who are attacking the No, 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 no. You better not. Who do you think you are, Hitler? What do you think you are there, pal? He's not in charge of the Metropolitan Police. He's not in charge of the Capitol Police. The Capitol Police, I believe, Nancy is in charge of the Capitol Police. The mayor of Washington's in charge of the Metropolitan Police. The president's in charge of the National Guard. He had offered them the National Guard. And this is a big gap that this committee won't look into and National Guard presence. Go ahead. Evidence of President Trump's supreme
3: dereliction of duty during those 187 minutes.
1: What is the point of this investigation? Since Comrade Cheney has already reached a result. It was Trump's fault. Trump. What did Pelosi do during those 187 minutes, ladies and gentlemen? Who did she call? Did she call Donald Trump to get the National Guard in there? What did she do exactly, ladies and gentlemen? What did Pelosi do to protect her members and protect the Capitol building? It's not about if Trump had done that and Trump didn't do this. and Trump. What did Pelosi do? She's the Speaker of the House. She's the number three in line for President of the United States. She's been around as long as the idiot in the White House, Biden. What did she do to prepare? What information did she have? The FBI had information. Why didn't Christopher Ray read the memo that was on his desk provided by the Norfolk office? Why? In fact, where was Pelosi the day before this event? We would like to see her texts her emails we would like to know who she spoke to on her phone records we want to see the information that the speaker of the house in charge of securing the capitol building was doing her job to make sure for legislative purposes and so future speakers can know how to conduct themselves what's wrong with that Liz Janey's talking about a supreme dereliction of duty by the President of the United States who doesn't even run the Capitol. Now Lynn wants him to send in the Marines, send in the damn Marines, protect them. Portland, go to hell. Minneapolis, go to hell. Seattle, go to hell. Lafayette Park, church burning, attacks on the White House, go to hell. Don't use that Insurrection Act, Trump. No, 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 says Kelly, says Mattis, says Millie, and Rudolph and the rest of the... No, 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 don't use the Insurrection... What is this? The media. Don't use the Insurrection Act. Don't bring in the military. No. But we want to know what Donald Trump did during those 187 minutes. His supreme dereliction of duty. Says the idiot from Wyoming. The useful idiot from Wyoming. Go ahead. And Mr. Meadows' testimony will bear on another key question before this committee. Did Donald Trump, through action or inaction, corruptly seek to obstruct or impede Congress's official proceedings to count electoral votes? What does that mean? If he said to the vice president, you should not count those, you should send those back to the state of Pennsylvania, wherever there's a controversy, you shouldn't count those. I have constitutional advisors that tell me you shouldn't count those. What is that? Is that a crime? What does that have to do with the riot and insurrection? Nothing. Nothing. Did Donald, did Donald Trump through action or inaction? Oh, that's great. That's like, I think Liz has a subconscious racist problem. No, I don't. Ah. It's subconscious. Inaction. What has Liz done for people of color? Nothing. Well, in action, she's a racist. Did Donald Trump, through action or inaction, corruptly seek to obstruct or impede Congress's official proceedings to count electoral votes? He's perfectly free to say to the vice president what so many Democrats had argued on the floor of the Congress in a joint session in 2016 to deny him the presidency, in 2000 to deny George W. Bush the presidency, In fact, they went all the way to the Supreme Court to try and deny George Bush. W. Bush with the presidency. What's W stand for again? Oh, Walker, excuse me. Of course. Yes, of course, Walker. So people have challenged results in elections in the courts. People have changed election laws. Uh, People have gone to the floor of the Joint Session of Congress where they count electoral votes and have insisted, including some of the people she's serving with, that they not count the votes because they believe they were corrupt. Is that a crime? But we want to know. We want to know if Trump said to anybody that we should obstruct the president. And what does that mean, obstruct or impede Congress's official proceedings? What exactly does that mean? Urge the president of the Senate, the vice president of the United States, overseeing the joint session, not to count certain votes from certain states because because there's conflict, there's controversy, there's disagreements. Now, you may or may not agree with that, but what's wrong with that? Is that a crime somewhere? No, I don't think so. I don't think that's a crime. I don't think that's obstruction. I don't think that's an insurrection. But I come full circle. This committee has no interest in knowing. They say they're concerned about protection of the Capitol. What did the president do? The president has no direct responsibility to protect the Capitol, the police do. The president's not in charge of the police. As we know, we saw cities burning left and right. You have a Democrat mayor who's in charge of the Metropolitan Police Force. You have a Democrat speaker who's in charge of the Capitol Police Force. You have a president of the United States that offered the National Guard the day before, according to somebody who has spoken out publicly, the chief of staff to the Secretary of State at the time, uh, Secretary of Defense. That's all he can do. His hands were tied all through the riots. That's all he can do. But he should have used the Insurrection Act. But he was told he better not ever use the Insurrection Act. Even though other presidents have. Many presidents have. He, singularly, was not free to do so. Well, what did he impede Congress? What did he say? What did he mean to do? You're dealing with a dope here. Now, this is the problem when you have a committee of Congress all appointed... By somebody who's trying to cover her tracks, who does not want to be questioned, who does not want any information about what she knew and what she failed to do. Well, let me put it to this way. Hey, Liz, may I call you Liz? I used to be able to call you Liz. Liz, may I ask you a question? What is it? What is it? Liz, you say you're concerned about an insurrection. You're concerned about the protection of the Capitol building. You're concerned about a supreme dereliction of duty. During those 187 minutes. Well Liz. The woman you're collaborating with. Nancy Eva Stretch Pelosi. What did she do during those 187 minutes to try and protect the Capitol? How did she prepare beforehand? What did she have? What did she know? Whether it was from the FBI or local police force or the Metropolitan Police Force or any. What did she know Liz? Liz. Why did she fail to do anything, Liz? Liz, I'm talking to you. Wake the hell up. Why didn't she do anything? Maybe Alapundant can explain it to her. Or maybe Ed will write a new essay over there at Hot Air. We're all sitting on the edge of our chairs to hear what Jonah has to say. Oh, Jonah! Jonah, what do you think? Ah, bunch of schmucks. I'll be right back. Much Levin. you noticed all these legal analysts who talk about how Trump was going to be indicted, indicted, indicted? Notice it never happened? How come they don't resign out of humiliation? Instead, they get promoted. And they keep writing. These are navel-gazers, pretty much. They're impressed with their own writing. You know, as I said three weeks ago uh, in these columns over here, you know, as I said here, 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 and here, where they have links to themselves... Really sick. All right, I didn't forget. We already got to Liz Cheney. But let me put a little bit of icing on this. Senator Richard Blumenthal is a senator from Connecticut. As you know, he lied about being a combat veteran in Vietnam. And that impressed the Democrats in the nutmeg state. They said, we like this guy. He doesn't lie as good as Ted Kennedy. The late great rest in peace Ted Kennedy. Chapacitic Ted. No, but he's a hell of a liar, so we're gonna send him to the Senate. But did you know what else about Richard Blumenthal? He went to the Connecticut People's World Committee's annual Amstead Award Saturday. What is that, ladies and gentlemen? Well, they were marking the 102nd anniversary of the founding of the Communist Party USA. And Richard Blumenthal, who looks like death worn over, he went and he was very excited to be there. Cut, ten, go! Thank you so much. Uh, I am really excited and honored to be with you today and to share this remarkable occasion. Uh, You don't have to agree with anyone or everyone, with any party or any particular union or organization. Uh, I'm here to honor the great tradition of activism and standing up for individual workers that is represented by the three honorees here. How do you like that? Now the Communist Party USA was supported financially and otherwise by Stalin and the communists. In the old soviet union but he's proud to be we may not agree on everything you know but i'm proud to be here with you activists i remember a time when a politician did this they were through it was over even in connecticut it was over i remember a time if a politician did this even the new york slimes and the washington compost They'd write about it out of concern. Has a single Washington Compost or New York Slimes columnist written out of concern about this? Where's Philip Bump? Nowhere. Are they aware that the Communist Party Internationale is responsible for the death of a hundred million people? Does that bother them? Oh, we're not like them. We have a whole new idea. Ro, I see. I see. Richard Blumenthal's at the Connecticut People's World Committee's Anal Amistad Award Saturday to mark the hundred and second anniversary of the founding of the Communist Party USA. And by golly, gee whiz. What's wrong with that, Mark? What's wrong with that? At least he's not a Klansman or a neo Nazi. See, I see things a little different, Lee. Marxists slaughter people, Klansmen slaughter people, you neo know, Nazis slaughter people. Isn't that enough to know, ladies and gentlemen? Is one better than the other? Now, why would Dick Blumenthal, why would Connecticut's Dick Blumenthal, Connecticut's Dick Blumenthal, why, why would he attend such a thing? Because he agrees with it, mostly american marxism that's what i'm talking about these people are out of the closet Look, we may not agree on every uh, any you know everything i don't agree on anything with these people oh well, no no wait a minute now wait a minute now they're not all that bad they're humane and you get it you get it meanwhile dick uh, dick cheney's daughter dick of uh, wyoming and this dick uh, this dick blumenthal of connecticut they're on the same side
0: is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
1: Hello, America. Mark Levin here. We got a lot of ground to cover. Our number, 877 381 877-381-3811. Three, eight, one, one, eight. 773813811 Barack Ravid Now most Americans have no idea what a Barack Ravid is. Barack Ravid Is he related to Barack Obama? No, no. I don't think so. Ravid Is that his real name? Yes, it is. Well, who is he? Well, those of you who've listened to this program before, I try not to mention him too much. But I did mention him the other day, and apparently it upset him greatly. See, he's a Tweety Bird. He's out there on Twitter. Apparently he's a stalker. What do I know? He's an Israeli propagandist. For the hard left, who in my view, my personal view is constantly undermining his nation's national security, is, is a mouthpiece, as in America, with our funny reporters, for reprobates, malcontents, and miscreants. If that's your mental attitude, such as it is, you shouldn't be a reporter or journalist. You should be a homeless person with a soapbox screaming at the top of your lungs. But that's what qualifies for so-called reporters in Israel and America these days. Not all, but too many. And so he writes me. Now, I'm not on Twitter, so a bunch of people send this to me. Dear at Mark Levincio, Thanks for your warm words about my new book, Trump's Peace, and your description of me as a modern-day Bob Woodward. Now, first of all, he's such a moron. He actually believes that was... A, that, that, that was a positive thing I was saying about it. Truly an honor. By the way, you're a liar. I did tell President Trump Netanyahu wasn't first to congratulate Biden. It's in my book. Read it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I read what Barack Rabid Ravid put out on his own as he's hawking his book to make a few shekels. He's the one who put out this stuff at Axios. He's the one who's putting out this crap at the forward and every left wing site he can find. And they're not hard to find. I read what he put out, his propaganda, his promotional stuff that he leaked or put out to platforms that he's close to. I have to read his book. Did he read my book? Who wants to read this schmuck's book? What kind of book is it? It's a stupid book. All it is is gossip. If you're going to be attacking a former prime minister of Israel, don't you think you should sit down and interview him? If you're going to attack a former American ambassador to Israel, don't you think you should sit down and talk to him? If you're going to attack a former ambassador to the United States from Israel, don't you think you should talk to him? and I should read this Putz's book? Basically, Balak Lavid, if that is his name, is a stenographer. A stenographer for people who don't have the guts to go on the record, who are trying to destroy the relationship between the United States and the State of Israel. Because he's an ideologue for the hard left. Because he's a hate-on for Netanyahu. See, we have people like that here. They have people like that there. So, if that is your name, I read what you put out. If you thought the rest of it should have been put out, why didn't you put it out? I wouldn't spend one second of my time reading your crap Because you're destroying journalism in two countries, Israel and the United States. Why do you think you contribute to Axios? Everybody knows what Axios is. And everybody who knows of you, all seven people, know you're a putz. And so now you're hawking a book. But your book isn't historically accurate. You didn't speak to all the people. You're not a scholar. You're not a historian. Apparently, you don't know how to write a book. Let alone a column. Now let me help you out. I don't know if you went to journalism school over there in Israel. I don't know what you did. But let me explain something to you. Balah Ravid if that is your name. If you're going to write a book that claims to be a historical. Or scholarly explanation of what took place between President Trump and Netanyahu and the administrations and the Abraham Accords, you should try and gather what we call in America facts. Now, one of the ways, if that is your name, that we collect facts is to talk to the people who are the senior players. I mean, we're not talking about low-level bureaucrats at the Department of Education in Israel. No, no, no. Turn talking about the Prime Minister of the State of Israel. Perhaps one of the greatest leaders the world has known in modern times. We're talking about Ron Dermer. I believe he's one of the longest ambassadors to the United States from Israel. And you're talking about David Friedman, a very close friend of President Trump's and a very successful ambassador from the United States to Israel. Did it occur to you when you're gathering facts to talk about Trump's peace that you might talk to them? Read the book! Read the book! No, do your job, you putz. Now, the fact is, the fact is that you're not a reliable teller of the truth. It's just a fact. You're a radical ideologue. You cross-dress as a journalist. But you're not a journalist. You're a radical ideologue. I've gone through some of your stuff. It's poisonous. It's cancerous. You're aiding and abetting your enemy. Your country, you may not know this, Belaklavid, if that is your name, is surrounded by enemies. Surrounded by enemies. Your country might be facing war with one of them. So next time when you decide to write a book, try to gather, as I said, what we call the facts. Try to interview all the principles. Or you're just a phony fraud. That's all. So no, I'm not going to read your book. Nobody's going to read your book in the United States. Nobody cares about you in the United States. As I told you once before, you're a small fish in a small pond. You're a minnow. You're a minnow. I refer to Chris Christie as a sperm whale. That's a sperm whale. You're a minnow. Nobody here gives a damn. If that is your name. And in Israel, I don't know personally, uh, I'm sure you're viewed as you should be viewed, as a fraud. Now, all that said, I remember once that rock, rock, Ravid. He's on social media a lot. He's very, very busy, you know. And he, uh, he wondered why I was so interested in the elections in Israel. I mean, after all, I'm an American. And by recollection, I seem to remember writing, him. Um, number one, I'm a Jew. So that's where my ancient ancestors are from. You don't own the place. Ravid. Number two, the United States is invested in Israel in many ways, including with resources and sharing of intelligence. And number three, we have something called here free speech. So it's not just left to putzes, schmucks, and other individuals who cross-dress as journalists. We can all participate. That's what we do here in America. Barach! Ravid. Now as for your book. You can shove your book. I don't care about your book. But I do care about the fact that you. Are aiding and abetting. The destruction of the state of Israel in my humble opinion. And the relationship with the United States. That you're trying to character assassinate. One of the great. Israeli Jewish Prime Minister's Netanyahu. I understand he's not a socialist. I mean, I understand he's not cold in my ear. Oh, I'm sorry. He's not cold in my ear. Oh, I'm sorry. Of course, she had no faults. And what you've done, thanks to somebody in the inner circle or some bodies in the inner circle, I assume the inner circles around the president, because you got the Largo is you've also damaged my president but that was your goal wasn't it that was your goal i don't know how you wake up every morning i really don't i don't know how you look in the mirror i don't know how you pretend to be a professional now i've just exposed you to millions and millions and millions of americans and people all over the world, including Israelis, who listen to this program. If you're lucky, maybe you'll sell more books than, than the sperm will. Chris Christie. But I doubt it. I doubt it. You know who's going to love your book the most? blah Hamas. Hezbollah. Abbas. Iranian regime. They're going to love your book. They're going to love it. I'll be right back. Mark in. Now, just to complete our world travels here, ladies and gentlemen. It's a fantastic piece by Caroline Glick. Caroline Glick is a brilliant person, born in America. She's an Israeli author, senior columnist, Israel Hayom. But she's writing here an opinion in the American Newsweek website. She says, the corruption trial of former Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in the Jerusalem District Court has been ongoing for the past two months. Things are not going well for the prosecutors. Israel's state prosecution submitted a list of 333 witnesses. It front-loaded its best ones. So far, eight have taken a stand, and all of them have obliterated the prosecution's case. Long-time Israeli jurists and former prosecutors attest that this is the worst presentation of evidence they have ever seen. Oh, really, they ought to see the Kyle Rittenhouse case. But nonetheless, for the past three years, Israeli Attorney General Avachai Manderbilt, Mandelblit, Mandelblit, and his, uh, I, it sounds better in real German. I don't, you know. And his colleagues built their case for indicting Netanyahu, a long-serving, successful, and popular prime minister, by claiming their star witnesses had given them proof that Netanyahu is corrupt and dangerous. Though illegal, selective leaks from investigation rooms and primetime press conferences, the state prosecution insisted that the witnesses had given them incontrovertible evidence that Netanyahu received a bribe in the form of positive coverage from a news website. Mandelbelt claimed that in exchange for the bribe of positive coverage, Netanyahu compelled regulators to provide the owner of the website with a sweetheart deal worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, well, but over the past two months, as one allegedly star witness after another took the stand, each rejected Mandelbelt's contention. Netanyahu, in fact, received hostile coverage from the website in question. Somebody actually took a look and said, wait a minute, he's getting killed by this website. His political rivals received supportive coverage. Oh, my God, there goes our case. As for the regulatory favors Netanyahu supposedly afforded the owner of the website in exchange for positive coverage, here, too, the witnesses have shattered the narrative. The alleged whistleblower who purportedly made the claim testified under oath that Netanyahu had no role in the regulatory apparatus in question. Netanyahu, in short, never asked for anything. I'm sure Barack Lavida is all over this. Last week Netanyahu's former spokesman, one of the most intimate advisors, Nir Hevetz, took the stand to testify against Netanyahu. When Hevetz signed a deal to become a state witness against Netanyahu in March 2018 Manderbilt and his associates presented the development as nothing short of an earthquake. With Hevetz's decision to turn on his former boss, they had Netanyahu dead to rights, right? no wrong after hevet's turned against netanyahu the prosecution's public campaign against the premier went into high gear leaks from interrogation rooms turned into geysers friendly journalists were briefed and they duly reported on netanyahu's criminal mindset balach lavid were you involved in that Barak? the police inspector general the police inspector general weirdly alleged netanyahu hired private detectives to tail his police investigators as Netanyahu appeared increasingly vulnerable, his government also gradually destabilized. Hevetz's testimony last week was a watershed event in the trial for two reasons. First, he laid bare the prosecution's obsession with getting Netanyahu. Under oath, Hevetz described the ill treatment he received from police investigators at the direction of state prosecutors. Hevetz were arrested in the middle of the night. In a Hollywood-type scene, with armed officers nearly breaking down his door, sound familiar? He was held in harsh conditions for two weeks, sound familiar? He was denied food, medicine, and sleep, sound familiar? He was placed in a flea-ridden cell. He was housed with violent, convicted criminals and terrorists. Investigators threatened to destroy his family and coerced him into firing his attorney and hiring one they chose for him. Wait a minute, is this the Palestinian Authority in Hamas? This is Israel, for God's sakes. All observers of Havetz's testimony have agreed that the treatment he received was illegal. Some have alleged that it was torture. Notably, the prosecutors didn't dispute Havetz's claims, which he made while he was under direct examination by the very prosecutors his testimony was supposed to assist. Second, in glaring contrast to the hype that surrounded his testimony, like his fellow star witnesses, so-called, Havetz shattered the prosecution's case. Havet said Netanyahu did not intervene with the regulators on behalf of the website owner, that he received hostile coverage from the website, and that he didn't even consider the website important. Oops. Havet's revelation of his treatment at the hands of the prosecutors should the public that the prosecutors would stop at nothing to incriminate Netanyahu. that's committed no crime whatsoever, yet prosecutors had him locked up and treated him like a terrorist until they broke him. And further efforts. Havets didn't deliver Netanyahu, he exonerated him. And even before the prosecution began making its case in court, the legal foundations of the indictments were already flimsy. Megdabilt indicted Netanyahu on four counts and three charges. The most serious counts, bribery. As top U.S. attorneys argued in a pre-indictment hearing, Mendebelt held from Netanyahu, there's no basis in Israeli law or in the laws of any Western democratic legal system. For asserting that positive press coverage of a politician is a bribe. And it goes on, ladies and gentlemen. They ought to throw Barack Ravi's book at Mendebelt and the prosecutors. They sound like the uh, prosecutors at the U.S. Department of Justice, don't they? What a crime! Mark Levin, tough as
2: hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now.
0: 877-381-3811.
1: Okie dokie. There's a guy by the name of John Avalon. He's on CNN. And CNN is where they all go, where they have all kinds of weird things going on. They can't keep their hands to themselves, a.k.a. Fredo and D. Lemon. Oh, yeah, D. Lemon is a defendant in court. Uh, or they can't keep their p- pants on. Or in the case of John Avalon, just an idiot. Now, many years ago, he worked for Rudy. Worked for Rudy. But he's one of these repubics now who, who's seen the light actually seen the dollar bills. He's interviewed by Jim Schuto. Now who's Jim Schuto? Jim Shooter used to work for Obama. So this is the problem. So CNN has Jim Shooter, Obama hack, interviewing Avalon and never Trumper. Next thing you know, they're being Barack on as a foreign correspondent. So listen to this. Cut 18, go. Remember, no one, John Avalon, went
0: to Trump's departure, right? No, no one wanted to show up there, right? Now, let's are... let stop a second.
1: Are they aware that Trump's not president, Mr. Producer? Do they not want to talk about what Joe Biden has done to this country? Do they not want to talk about another key inflation metric grows at the fastest pace ever? This is even National Review. The producer price index jumped 9.6% in November compared to the same month last year, the highest ever recorded. The highest ever recorded. They don't want to talk about the wholesale price index. They don't want to talk about the PPI increase. They don't want to talk about any of that. Why isn't John Avalon on the border reporting on what's going on down there? Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Avalon. Wasn't that a cartoon like a Saturday kid? What was that cartoon? Oh, Johnny Quest. Remember Johnny Quest with the big hair? We all got Johnny Avalon here. Anyway, so, uh, go ahead.
0: Arlago, Lago, they, they oh. need his endorsement. Uh, is the fact, the sad mm. fact, that for a portion of this country, that January 6th has been rewritten already, Soviet style.
1: Ah, uh, there's an obama Soviet style. They must listen to this program. They can't help it. Nobody can help it. Friend and foe alike. Friend and foe alike. They can't help it. Even Barack Ravid listens to me. But there is Jim Shuto. You have to be careful when you say his name because you easily could slur the words and wind up being banned from radio. Jim Shuto 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 What does uh, Johnny Avalon have to say? Go ahead.
2: Yeah. Well, Fox has been engaged in the Soviet-style rewriting of history around January 6th from almost uh, the, 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 the evening of the attack, despite their anchors knowing better, as we've this seen it. This
1: is why CNN has no ratings. They're all watching Fox, apparently. Gianni Adlon, apparently, is watching Fox. I don't know of a single host on Fox who did not condemn the attack on that building. Not one. But I know of many hosts on the constipated news network and MSLSD who did not condemn the rioters, Black Lives Matter, or even Antifa. The American people aren't stupid. Johnny. Johnny. Everyone. American people aren't stupid. And this guy, sh- uh, Shudo. And they put a question mark at the end. Like, Is the fact, the sad fact that for a portion of this country the January 6th has been rewritten already? So he had style, huh? What, what, what do you think of that? Oh, absolutely, says the Obamaite to the never Trump. Oh, I, that's exactly right, you know. Go ahead. Pass dies even further. Ah, shut up, you idiot. Now we move to Joey. Jupiter and Tequesta's own Joey Scarborough, and the love of his life this time, Mika Brzezinski, of the famous Brzezinski High Wire Act. Yes, the high wire. Haven't you seen the Brzezinski's? Oh. Well known. In Australia. Australia. The high wire act. Joe Scarborough. I'll take a good look at Joe. I say this for a reason because I'm very sharp about appearances. and And I look at Joe Scarborough and I am telling you that he is the banjo playing inbred kid on the bridge in Deliverance. I'm telling you that's him. The bulbous nose. The oversized head. Hair like Woody the Woodpecker. Cut 19. Go. But again,
2: these texts are so revealing because it shows from the people that know him the most that those rioters, they were doing that for Donald Trump's benefit. They were following mm-hmm. Donald Trump's orders to go up to the Okay, Capitol. they
1: were following Donald Trump's orders, Mr. Lawyer. Now, let's see. Where were the orders? Let's see them. MSNBC, you're supposed to be a news organization. Everyone knows you're not, at least not for this country. Let's see the orders. He said, go up to the Capitol. He told them to be peaceful. Democrats do this all the time, and they're not peaceful. When federal law enforcement tries to protect a federal courthouse in Portland, what does Nancy Eva Stretch Pelosi say? Ooh, stormtroopers, stormtroopers, stormtroopers. Followed by Jim, uh, what's his ass, Clyburn. Stormtroopers. They're stormtroopers.
2: Go ahead. And those Fox News hosts, those members of Congress, Kevin McCarthy—they all knew it, and it's now exposed well, to the really world. you
1: really have not a stick, but like a a redwood up your ass, don't you? Excuse my French, ladies and gentlemen. Don't you, Scarborough? Your your hate for Trump. You really sound and sideways, may I say? sound like such an ignoramus you really do i mean normally you do but particularly here and those uh, fox news hosts uh, what kind of what kind of accent is that those uh, members of congress uh kevin go; they all knew it and it's now exposed to the world what's exposed to the world other than jeffrey Tubin. what's exposed to the world moron Hmm. It's Fox's problem, you see. They keep attacking Trump and Fox. They think this is where they're going to get ratings. We can't wait to turn into Joe Scarborough, or tune into him and, and Mika Blazinski, and listen to their pearls of wisdom. The two Ed McMahons there. And then they bring in this guy, Geist. Like, what is his role? I remember his father was on, like, the CBS morning, Sunday morning show or something. What, what does he contribute? What's his first name, Geist? What, Bill Geist? What, what is his name? Willie Geist? Willie? I won't go there, Willie. I won't go there, Willie. No. No. No way, Willie. Does Willie Geist know... Dick Blumenthal, do you think, Mr. Producer? Are they on the first name basis? Do they yell across the room, Mr. Producer? Hi, Willie! Hi, Dick, how are you? I think they do. I think they know each other very, very well, intimately. Now, here's Don Lemon on the CNN uh, CNN. you know it's amazing you got all this sex and weird crap going off on CNN and you know Fox had this for a period of time so. but they, they went after Ailes and they went after Fox Jeff Motherzucker, he's like he doesn't exist like he doesn't exist by the way while I'm at it burning bridge after bridge Mr. Producer does that guy not look like his face was a dartboard or what or what hey look that's the way it is Jeff Mother Zucker. So here's D. Lemon, who's been sued for doing gross things to another person, another man. Cut twenty go. Why why does Gensaki even continue to call on Fox and the briefing room? I mean, they've very they've been very courteous and I should say, you know, kind because remember, these are it- the people who circled the wagon when Jim Acosta was accosting the President of the United States, disrupting a presidential press conference. Not asking questions. Interfering with other reports. And everybody's circling the whole, the whole media. Hey, CNN. Now, meanwhile, they have like five CNN clowns in there. Now, oh, that's Jim Acosta. Oh, Jim. We got to have Jim in there. Remember all that? They all go to court. Oh, you can't do that. It violates the first. You don't get the pick and choose. You don't get. Remember all that? But there's D. Lemon. Uh, why is Fox in there? Why are they calling on Fox. Aren't these good little Stalinists, Jim Schudo? Why don't they get rid of Fox? They have Fox in there. A little bit of Fox in there. You got the uh, little Dick uh, Blumenthal there from uh, Connecticut. He's, uh, he's parting with the Communists, uh, Communist USA Connecticut version. That's okay. Oh, that's fine. You've got the. Uh, and uh, Omar, two racist bigot anti Semites, not to mention AOC, or as we affectionately call her, Ach. That's the Yiddish. Uh, and uh, the problem, though, is Fox, you see. These are the same people who want to destroy talk radio, remember. We can't have these different views. George won't like it. Who's George? George Soros. He won't like it. He's spending an enormous amount of money. To control the Democrat Party, to destroy our cities, to usurp the media. This man is very, you know, he has an investment in us. Right, Johnny Avalon? Hey, Johnny! Right, Johnny? Go ahead. The is promoting BS and lies about what is actually happening. Russia in the collusion. Country. Critical race theory. Go ahead helping to inspire and ah, Shut up you idiot. With your three viewers, even they can't stand you. They watch it because they want to come up with stupid human jokes. I'll be right back. Mark love You know, I started to do research and then I grabbed my I said, so stop grabbing yourself. But anyway, I said, uh, Johnny Avalon. Story after story of Russia collusion and Trump, how they're circling and getting him nearly. The guy's a fraud. He's a phony. How he was Putin's handmaiden. We don't get that from uh, from our boy, Johnny, uh, when it comes to, uh, of course, Biden. So he's a fraud and a phony. And by the way, there's this rumor around, and I want to, uh, to explain that it's not true, Mr. Producer. You know those toilets? What are they called, Johnny? What are they called, those? Look at you guys. You don't even know what I'm talking about. John's, right? Porta John's, Porta John's. Rumor has it they're named after Johnny Avalon. But I told people that's not true because they're much older than Johnny. But they keep insisting that porta polis are named after this guy. No, it's not possible. I mean, I understand the confusion. I understand the mindset. When you think of a porta poli, you think naturally, Johnny Adler! But I'm trying to point out one has nothing to do with the other. Nothing. Although I do get the symmetry. I really do. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I know we were all shocked to hear that. Chris Christie, a.k.a. the Cape Cod Orca, a.k.a. the sperm whale, a.k.a. the future of the Republican Party. I know we were all shocked to hear that he sold a massive 2,300 books in his first week while he was doing burlesque on one news platform after another. It wasn't very pretty, but there he was. And the understanding is that He did that because there's free food in the green room. Nonetheless, we are reaching a milestone here with American Marxism. We are 7,000 sales short of 1.2 million. Barack Levine! Did you hear that? 7,000 sales short. Right now, probably about 2,000 sales short. I want to strongly encourage you to participate in this movement. Many of you are, many of you have. What's the movement? Reading? Well, that's a good movement, but no, that's not what I'm talking about. Pushing our message. Exposing the enemy. This is the biggest book of the year. It was just confirmed to me by my publisher. It's the biggest adult book of the year. Fiction, nonfiction. Nobody's even close. That's because of you. And Amazon has decided to subsidize anybody who wishes to purchase the book. All of you, maybe your family and friends, others who you think should be reading this book, now's the time to strike. I, I'm not messing around. Now's the time to strike. Go to Amazon.com right now, write in American Marxism. It is 50% off. It is $14. $14. And delivery Tomorrow. Perfect. Perfect for Christmas. I hope you'll get it. It's a good stocking stuffer. It's a good liberal stuffer. You get my point. So jump on Amazon.com. Over 22,000 comments. Five stars. I didn't tell people to do that. They just did it. Those of you who've read it know exactly what I'm talking about. Grab your copies now. I cleared my throat. Wouldn't you love to see Liz Cheney's texts and emails and phone records, Mr. Producer? You know, people think, gotcha, gotcha. Wouldn't that be great? Something very serious here, ladies and gentlemen. People are suffering. Our fellow citizens are suffering in several states as a result of these horrific tornadoes, and I don't want to lose focus on that, at least not right now. And I want to point this out. I've looked at a number of potential charities, Mr. Producer, Mr. Call Screener went through them, and my advice is Samaritan's Purse. That's a Christian organization headed by Franklin Graham. He's very honest and honorable man. He's responding to the deadly tornadoes. He's seeking volunteers to help with debris cleanup, roof tarping, chainsaw work, Federal and local COVID-19 guidelines, of course, have to be followed. But there's a three-day minimum stay for overnight volunteers. More daily opportunities are going to become available. Mr. Producer, can you please put this up on my site on Getter and Parlor? That is SamaritanPurse.org backslash. Well, just go to SamaritanPurse.org. That'll take you where you need to go. SamaritanPurse.org. They definitely need money they need donations if you can do that for our fellow citizens that's what we do as red-blooded Americans as white supremacists but we don't really care the race of our fellow citizens they're hurting and they need help and I want to encourage black lives matter to contribute to this cause I want to encourage Antifa CNN MSNBC the New York Times the Washington Post I want to encourage the NBA and LeBron James I want to encourage the hosts at ESPN I want to encourage the corporatists all around America, Nike. How about it? Lend a hand. You can donate, too, you know. It's called SamaritansPurse.org. SamaritansPurse.org. Franklin Graham's organization. He does fantastic work. S-A-M-A-R-I-T-A-N-S-P-U-R-S-E.org. Let's help out our fellow citizens. All of them. Because that's what we do. Because we're a great country. Most of us aren't shaking down businesses. Or killing each other at fast food restaurants. And all the rest of it. Most of us do care about each other. Most of us do have a heart and soul. But not all of us, unfortunately. Not all of us. This is from the Constipated News Network business side. As a recent wave of mob-led store robberies has put retailers, mail operators, and communities on edge. One popular shopping center is keeping an unusual security measure in place through the holiday season. The Grove, a famous open-air shopping complex in L.A., has added a high-coil fence barret. We used to call this barbed wire. At the property's entrances and exits, management added the tangled tape coil fencing, which is made from a custom aluminum and steel mesh ahead of Thanksgiving weekend. The fencing is installed nightly after the mall closes and removed before it reopens. It's just one of the security measures the complex put in place. After a rash of November smash and grab robberies at high-end stores in San Francisco, L.A., Philly, New York on and on and on. Looks like a war zone. What these American Marxist Democrat bastards have done to us is unbelievable in a couple of years. Looting, arson, murder, mayhem, police forces are understaffed. Resources are lacking. If you dare to use your Second Amendment right, you're just protecting property. It's just property. You can't shoot somebody over property. Sure as hell can in many states. But listen to them no cops, no guns, mayhem in the streets. These people hate your guts who preach this stuff. They get protection. They have prosecutors who will defend them, the source prosecutors. This is really uh, an abomination. These are like termites eating at the foundation of this country. Termites. Unbelievable. Now you see it, people feel it, people know what's going on. It's a terrible, terrible thing. And the Democrat Party is responsible for the bail reform. Ooh, yes, bail reform, because otherwise it's racist. Since when is convicting and putting violent criminals in prison racist? Since when is that racist? Well, it's the representation. I don't care about the representation. Give me the example. The specific case. Which Actually more, you say it's systemic. These systemic cases where this is taking place. You can't. And you won't. You can and you won't. Because it's obvious. Jen Pasaki was asked about this today and she took a pass, didn't she, Mr. Producer? Can't find the clip. It's here somewhere, but it doesn't matter. Take my word for it. We're not going to blame the Democrats. Don't you know Joe Biden has proposed more federal spending for police officers? What's wrong with you? He supports the cops. Oh, really? In the middle of the riots, he couldn't get an answer out of the guy. Couldn't get an answer. Busy eating his oatmeal. Leave me alone. I like the raisins and the brown sugar. Cut 12. The great Peter Doocy, a.k.a. the Deuce, and Pasaki. Go.
0: When you say that we've seen an increase in crime over the course of the pandemic, there are a range of reasons for that. Would you consider one of the reasons in the range prosecutors who are cutting people who are accused of many criminal offenses loose too quickly?
3: Again, I am not,
1: as I as I wasn't yesterday, going to give an assessment for every. uh, Listen, I'm very consistent in my gibberish, very, very consistent in my gibberish. As I said yesterday, I'm not going to say today what I wouldn't say yesterday. Please understand. I'm not going to give an assessment in each case what's going on here. No, I'm not going to give an assessment. Only when it comes to vaccinations, and I give assessments. Otherwise, I'm not giving an assessment. Go ahead. Every motivation or reason for crime in different communities across the country. What I've noted, what you see in data, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that there has been an increase in crime since the start of the pandemic. Oh. I will let others assess what the reason which for pandemic, that. the Biden pandemic or the virus pandemic. You see, ladies and gentlemen, there has been an increase in crime since the pandemic because of that summer having nothing to do with the pandemic. It's like there's a full moon and all of a sudden, you know, people are killing, that full moon did it. No, it wasn't the full moon and it wasn't the pandemic. It was Democrat mayors, Democrat city councils, Democrat governors, the riots took off. They began to feed themselves. We saw it on TV with our own two eyes. We saw what was going on. We saw the liars in the media. You know, it's mostly peaceful. As explosions are going off like it's Iraq 20 years ago. Hey, Dick, where are those weapons of mass destruction? Dick, why is everybody named Dick, by the way? You got Dick Cheney and Dick Durbin. You got Dick Blumenthal. What is with that, Mr. Medusa? I mean, your name's Richard. You're called Rich. Mr. Call Screen is Richard. We call him Richie. My buddy, WPHD, Richie Z. We don't go around calling you guys, hey, Dick. Anyway, uh, you get the point. We have a senator named Angus. Did you know this, Mr. Angus. We have a senator named after a kind of cow. Angus King. Sounds like a ranch from Maine. Anyway, go ahead.
2: Joe Manchin believes in voting rights. Uh, He was a governor. He was a secretary of state. uh, And he was the principal author of the voting rights bill that we're... That we have on the floor. Yeah,
1: the So right. what? Go ahead.
2: So uh, this is something that's important to him, but he also believes in the the uh, role of the Senate as the you know a, a bipartisan body. He believes the filibuster. Maine, may I so- ask
1: you a question, Maine? I've been to Maine a few times. Went to Kennebunkport with family members, which is beautiful, by the way. It's so touristy. I love it. And I don't even eat lobster. I don't even eat lobster. But anyway, the people there are very nice. Why do they elect people like this? Why did Angus King, Susan Collins, do they even have a pulse? I'll be right back.
3: Mark in.
1: It's a pleasure to have the Attorney General of the great state of Arizona with us, Mark Bernovich. You know, Mark, I always have trouble pronouncing your first name. It's an unbelievable.
2: <laughs> just the way it's spelled, Mark, just like yours, M-A-R-K, right?
1: How you doing, buddy?
2: I'm doing great, great one. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. You've been very, very busy trying to save this nation and your state. Tell us about some of this litigation. It's very important.
2: Well, as you know, when we've talked about we have multiple lawsuits going on because the Biden administration, uh, their, pop, their policies are not only unpopular, they're unconstitutional. And so we've sued over the vaccine mandates for federal workers and federal contractors. We have an ongoing lawsuit, but a judge in Georgia just granted a nationwide injunction, so federal contractors are not going to be forced to comply. As a result of our lawsuit against the OSHA rules, which are clearly unconstitutional, you know, those rules now have been stayed, and the Biden administration says they will not enforce them, but... Trust but verify. We'll see what the Biden administration does. They move the goalposts all the time, as you know. And we also um, filed a lawsuit, and we got a nationwide injunction regarding healthcare workers and the mandate that uh, people that uh, healthcare workers that get medicaid money or any federal dollars have to get the vaccine clearly unconstitutional that's been put on hold as well so that's all the vaccine mandate legal unconstitutional lawsuits we're involved in and we also obviously have lawsuits related to the border and what the biden administration is doing to essentially uh, not only abolish ice but abolish our southern border
1: you know this is extremely impressive um i look at my state of virginia we have a democrat attorney general sits here with his thumb up his nose Uh, and you even have a Republican attorneys general most of them are trying to do the right thing but they're not nearly as aggressive or ubiquitous as you are how do you view your job as attorney general
2: I always tell folks Mark, that I am the people's lawyer. My job is to represent the hardworking taxpayers of the state and obviously the things we're doing has an impact on this entire country. And as you know, I'm a first generation American and you know, every tin horn dictator in the former Soviet Union had constitutions, but they were merely words on paper. Mm-hmm. Our constitution has to mean something and the president is not a king, he's not a dictator and he can't unilaterally ignore the law, ignore the constitution and essentially have an unprecedented power grab As you know the left and the democratic enablers in the u.s senate they are trying to basically socialize the economy nationalize the election and they're trying to essentially you know decriminalize everything that's going on in our border and you mentioned virginia but you know the reality is is what's happening at the border with the cartels seizing operational control a record amount of not only people coming into this country illegally, more than $2 this year, we also know a record amount of fentanyl is coming into this country. And I know as a prosecutor, as a former gang prosecutor, that the price of fentanyl is falling, the price of methamphetamine is falling, and so this is going to have a cost on all of us, not just here in Arizona, not just in Texas, the border states, but drugs are flooding into this country, the cartels have seized operational control, and as a result of that, Our sons, daughters, nieces, nephews, people you know are going to die. And there's also going to be a huge cost in fiscally and financially as a result of these failed policies. When crime goes up in our inner cities, crime goes up in the neighborhoods, and we have all these social costs associated with increased drug use and overdose deaths, it's absolutely heartbreaking. And when I see data Mark, like uh, Pima County, second largest county in Arizona, fentanyl and Opioid overdoses are now the number one cause of death for people that are 19 and younger. I mean, think about that. It's not car accidents. It's not COVID or whatever. It's drug overdoses. And that is a direct result of Joe Biden and Cartel Kelly allowing the cartels to flood drugs into our country. So this may be in Arizona's backyard, but it is coming to Virginia's front doorstep and Michigan's front doorstep and other states' front doorstep very soon.
1: Let's talk about this guy, Kelly. You want to be the Republican nominee for the Senate. I've endorsed you enthusiastically. You're running, If you if you get the nomination, you're running against this guy, Kelly. I never hear about this guy. Is he, uh, is he in the Witness Protection Program? I mean, is he uh, representing the people of Arizona? He doesn't seem to be speaking out about issues that affect the people of Arizona.
2: Well, first of all, Mark, I appreciate the endorsement, and I will win. I will win because when we have principled candidates that can articulate and defend our values, we win. As you, as you may know, or maybe your listeners know, I got more votes than Sinema McSally, even though I had people like Tom Steyer spending millions attacking me. And it's because I went out and made the case that... When you have a government to give you everything, it can take everything away. When we don't believe in the rule of law, if we don't have law and order, when our communities aren't safe, uh, people want someone in office that represents them. And Mark Kelly has been MIA. He seems more concerned about, you know, pleasing uh, Chuck Schumer and the Democrats and Senate leadership. He votes with them 99% of the time that he does about hardworking Arizonans. And I think that's because, you know, maybe he's not from here. Maybe he doesn't understand that we believe in the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. We believe in securing our borders. We don't want to nationalize our elections and socialize our economy. And so when he votes for bills that will dramatically increase the power and scope of the federal government that'll take away hard-working tax dollars and you know these infrastructure bills or these covid bills which we've also sued over the covid bill that says states can't cut taxes it's not only unconstitutional it's head-scratching mark because you sit there and you say to yourself who is mark kelly representing so i guess when he's not busy hiding out in his basement or maybe in outer space or whatever he is you know representing the interests yeah. of chuck schumer in the far left at aoc and that just doesn't fly in arizona
1: where is he from originally?
2: What well, I, state? Uh, outer space. But I mean, I know that he was a, <laughs> he was a Texan at one point. I mean, really? I think he was he was he was you know registered to vote in Texas until very recently. And so, look, the thing about you know Arizona is is that we we have a long tradition. You know, Barry Goldwater, folks that are you know straight shooters that'll tell you what they think, why they believe it, and those are the kind of people that win in Arizona. It doesn't mean you always have to agree with someone, but if you are a principled conservative, those Mm -hmm. are the folks that get elected because people want someone in office that are not going to represent Washington, D.C. values. They're going to represent Arizona values. And as I said, whether that comes to protecting our gun rights, and you know, we've been the leader on that in many of the cases at the Supreme Court, whether it's protecting the most vulnerable or you know, securing our border, pushing back against unconstitutional vaccine mandates, my goodness, someone's got to do it. And yeah. it, it affects, as I said, not only Arizona, but it affects the entire country.
1: All right, Mark, you, have, you really do have a fantastic record. You really do, for Arizona and the country. If people want to help you and support your campaign, where do they go?
2: Burnoffforaz.com, B-R-N-O-F-O-R-A-Z.com. Thank you very much, great one.
1: All right, brother. Take care. Thanks. He's a good man. He's a good man, Arizona. We'll be right back.
0: When the going gets tough, a tough get. Mike Levin. Call him now. At 877-381-3811. seven 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 seven
1: seven 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 three eight one three eight one one. I'm a big fan of this Attorney General Burnovich. I want to be clear what his site is. It's B R N O F O R A Z. B R N O four F O R A Z Arizona B R N O F O R A Z dot com. I just believe we should reward people who are in the fight. Who are in the fight. And uh, they, the job of the attorney general is to litigate, and he's litigating like hell. There are others, too, but this is an important race in Arizona. This guy, Kelly, uh, you know, they say men are from Mars, women are from Venus, or vice versa. This guy's from Venus and Mars. Nobody knows where the hell he is. But he's basically a lapdog uh, for Schumer. Arizona needs better than this. Arizonans don't even hear from this guy. He's a big gun control guy. We know the horror that happened to his wife, the congresswoman. But he's running. And he's a failure. At a time like this, voting for American Marxism, supporting the Open Borders Party, I mean, at some point, people got to put their feet down. And I think you'll see more and more Hispanics, more and more moderate Democrats, as well as Republicans and you have seen it, you saw in Virginia, you saw New Jersey, you're going to say, okay, look, these people are nuts, nuts. And then you have people like uh, Gosheimer, Gosheimer Schmidt, Bergen County, New Jersey. little fellow waddles around here and there, took out a great congressman, pretends he's a moderate. In what way? He's down the line with Pelosi. No, no, you don't understand. I'm on the committee to get things done. And we are a whole bunch of moderates. They vote in lockstep. They vote for Nancy Pelosi to be the speaker. They vote for Stempy Hoyer to be the number two. James Clyburn to be the number three. Has anybody heard Gosheimer Schmidt in Bergen County take on Omar Tlaib? Have you? Well, we, the, the group of we can do group, the group of moderates, there's nothing moderate about these people. They're frauds. Gottheimer. Is that it? Gottheimer. It's with all the German names today. Uh, Not that there's anything wrong with that. Please, understand. (laughs) Well, things do happen. And of course, as the Republicans are insurrectionists, as the Republicans want to destroy democracy, as the Republicans support a dictator, there's the Democrats. Democrats. Daily Wire, Jim Clyburn says Democrats will get around the filibuster to pass progressive voting expansion. In other words, to destroy our voting system. We'll get around that filibuster. Always violating the rules. Just the news North Carolina governor vetoes bill blocking private funding of elections. So the North Carolina governor is fronting for Zuckerberg because they liked the way he corrupted elections. But no, 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 you don't understand. It's the insurrection. White House repeats Breitbart Joe Biden running in 2024 as Hillary Clinton raised his profile Hillary lower your profile Halloween is over lower your profile now everyone knows Joe Biden is not running again not running again um, I mean we gotta have a new constitutional amendment we really should Which is, if you don't know where the toilet is, you can't run for president. Now, here's the thing. The point is, this is a very good argument now with the court, among others. Joe Biden is running in 2024. He wants to destroy Donald Trump. That's why he's not asserting executive privilege. But he shouldn't be able to permanently destroy separation of powers. No president should be able to do that when it comes to executive privilege. You know, in the old days, I used to write these briefs. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Washington Examiner, Congress will hike debt limit by $2.5 trillion to extend borrowing past midterm elections. Trillion here, trillion there. If they do that, it'll be well over $6 trillion in addition to a $6 trillion budget. So they will spend close to $13 trillion in one year. But don't worry about that. Because Jen Psaki... Talk about white privilege. There's white, Mr. Producer. Do you agree with me? There's white privilege, and then there's white, if you get my drift. But Psaki says, what's the problem? Don't worry about it. Cut five. Go.
2: Quick follow-up on the debt limit. Mm-hmm. What do you say to Americans who see this as yet another example of Congress kicking the can down the road? Uh, well, I would say that uh, in what way? I'm not sure. Who, who is Depending saying that? It until 2023, but it's going to come up again right after the midterms. What do you say to people who say, we're just going to be having the same conversation a little bit over a year from now?
1: I'm not sure what American person is saying that or is concerned about the debt limit, but maybe there is some... I am. Hello. Hey. Hey. My best Jerry Lewis voice. I am. I'm concerned about the debt, dummy. Me over here. You see, people yet born don't have a voice in this government. Children don't have a voice in this government. Teenagers don't have a voice in this government. So why not destroy their futures? Steal from their wealth yet created. Ensure that they are slaves to the state, to the central government. I'm not sure what person. Because it's all freebies right now. Yes, spend, spend, America. Spend away. You have inflation? Spend more. According to the Democrats, that's not inflationary. It'll help us fight inflation. Print more money. Are these people insane answer yes then when things go south what do they do more government when they fail they succeed never seen anything like this but there's more Washington examiner by the way Washington Times if you ever expect me to do a story in the Washington Times you gotta allow me to actually print it out on my printer have you noticed that mr. producer I'm not going to I'm not, not going to do it. I mean, it's too much work. And press this button and I like it. no, I got to subscribe to this. They got to make it easy. Your competition makes it easy. The Washington Examiner. Washington Examiner White House cries fake news on congressional budget office scores showing higher costs for spending. Bill. So you see, the rules of economics do not apply to this White House, which is quite obvious. Congressional Budget Office is asked to realistically look at what the Democrats are going to do by extending these programs from year to year. Hey, that's a fake score. We're going to get around the filibuster. Yeah, we get around the filibuster. We're going to get around the CBO. We're going to get around efforts to stop our boy Zuckerberg from buying elections for Democrats. Oh, yeah. We're all set. Meanwhile, this insurrection taking place. Oh my God! The insurrection. How about we apply bail reform to the people who are locked up in a DC prison tonight? No, we can't do that. It was an insurrection. They challenged our very government. No, but the Marxists are dead. No, 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 no. Burning cities, killing people, brutality against cops. That's okay. You don't even have to wear a mask. Insurrection. Meanwhile, as I've explained before, Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, gave pardons to people who blew up the Capitol. Literally shot members of Congress from the gallery. The Puerto Rican independence movement blew up part of the Capitol building. That would be uh, Obama's buddy. What's his ass? What is his name? I don't remember. Bill Ayers. Oh, Bill Ayers. Oh, Bill Ayers. Professor Ayers. tenure professor. Gee, nothing wrong with that. They pardon these guys. Well, they served their time. Got to let them out. You know. We Unbelievable. I'll be right back. Mark loving. My last day on radio this year is this Thursday. So jump in, jump in, and get your copies of American Marxism. I don't know how much longer Bezos and uh, Amazon are going to subsidize your purchase of this book. But the more the merrier. I hope they cut it to 70% off. It's 50% off, the number one book of 2021. And I'm now told we're about 1,000 sales shy of 1.2 million. Hello! And I want to thank all the book award organizations for all the awards, Mr. Producer. They're throwing at me left and right. Not one. My goodness. I want to thank all the people who put those phony lists together, the top ten books of the year. I'm not on them. See, here's the truth. I'm hated. I'm hated by all these people. That's why I love it. All right. Let's go to Iran. In Golden, Colorado, XM Satellite. Iran, how are you, my friend? Yes, yeah, speaker forever, hold yourself. All right, let's go to Eli. Eli in Canada, XM Satellite, where they used to be free. How are you? You, hey, Mark.
2: Um, yes, sir. Well, you are. So, about Barack Ravid, you know, he used to work for a right wing radio, but then. You can't work in the media unless you are actually in the left. Mm-hmm. He also was uh, always insisting on saying the West occupies banks mm-hmm. instead of saying Judean and Samaria. Mm-hmm. This is what America, uh, Israel
1: has to deal with on a daily basis. Yeah, these, these of, are, uh, why doesn't he go live in Ramallah if he loves it so much? It's a good question. But Why doesn't he go to parts of Hebron? Why, why doesn't he do that? Because it's like in America. They're all really, really liberal and giving and peaceniks and everything else because they're protected by people who are smarter and stronger than they are.
2: The, the problem is that the whole media is left. They are t- taking this country almost 70 years back.
1: And you know what the people in America need to understand, and this is hard to believe? The media in Israel is worse than the media in America. I mean, they are nuts. They are nuts. And Barack Ravid. Is that his real name, by the way?
2: Yes, Barack Ravid is his name, yes.
1: That's his real name, okay. I thought it might be like Eddie Fisher, Stu Goldberg, but you're telling me it's Barak Ravid. All right, I got it. Ladies and gentlemen, God bless each and every one of you. Thank you, all you heroes out there, and I'll see you tomorrow. Be well.